today I'm going to preach to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, a lot of people take it as an option, but it's not an option. It's a necessity if you to, for you to have to do the whole will of God in your life. And there's a lot of people that's gone back from God that would be here today if they had the Holy Spirit baptism active in their life. Now let me say something before I get started. There's one baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there's many refillings. Amen. We find that the apostles in Acts 4 got to praising God, and God refilled them with the Holy Spirit. So we have to keep it active up in our life and, and live for Jesus. Uh, today is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, I'm going to preach from a text in just a few moments, but if uh, Paul spoke to uh, some and asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And uh, that's very important because, see, like Jesus, who was here on earth, there was a lot of opposition. You read it, you hear it, you see it. Well, Jesus went back to heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is with us today to lead us and guide us into all truths. And therefore, there's a lot of opposition against the Holy Spirit right now. Uh, as a minister, I probably know more of it than you do. I've debated a preacher one time on it uh, that don't even believe the Holy Spirit is here anymore. Uh, but nevertheless, he's here. And the baptism is for you and for your children to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'll read that to you in just a moment. But I just want us to get uh, uh, alert about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we can really let it kind of die down in our life from lack of prayer and lack of fasting and lack of witnessing and lack of doing what he tells. Now listen, you got a kid and you tell him to go do something, he don't do it. You're not going to be very happy, are you? And when he, you tell him ten times, go do something, and he don't do it, you're going to be very unhappy. Well, the Holy Spirit's better than we are, but I'll tell you, he's not happy when he tells us to go witness to somebody and we don't go witness. Or if he tells us to go pray for somebody and we fail to pray for them. See, he is our God today. He is our leader. He is our comforter. He is our advocate also, the Bible tells us. So let's, let's take this message more serious than probably any of them that I've preached ever except the birth that I've been born again. Because it's wonderful to be born again. I'm going to give you my testimony later, if God's willing. Uh, basically, I'm going to tell some things that happened. But I will tell you this, when I got saved, I fought the devil three days. I mean, at three days, he told me I wasn't saved. And after I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I hunted him with a switch and couldn't find him. Now, that's the difference. Hello? It's an endowment of power for service that God, God gives us. Uh, they used to sing a song, which is what some of our adversaries would say about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one of them was, one of the uh, verses of it was that it wouldn't last long. 
But the next verse said it's gone 2,000 years and it's been here 2,000 years and it's still going on. And there wasn't no assemblies of God people that started it. Hello? Wasn't no church of God people that started it. Wasn't any Pentecostal holiness people that started it. You know who started this? Nazarenes, Baptists, come on, Methodists, people that got hungry for God and God filled them with the Holy Spirit. I've told you this before. Our first superintendent for, uh, for the Assemblies of God was an ordained Baptist minister. I'm telling you, if there's anything that to get this name calling out of our life, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we might be claimed, call ourselves Christians, and I'll say I'm Assembly of God, and another guy say he's Baptist, and another says he's Methodist, but I'm going to tell you something. When we find out that all of us have the Holy Spirit, it's a oneness in our life. It brings us together. You just have to pardon me today. I'm a little excited. Washington Times a couple of years ago published and said there's over 500 million people of mostly all denominations that have had the baptism or has the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, what you think about that? That's more people in all of the United States and probably you could include Canada that's received this Holy Spirit baptism. The monthly Baptist said, a uh, little letter I put out, the lady gave me, uh, I mean, a little one of her Baptist papers, and it said, this guy predicts in seven years that over 25% of the churches will be Pentecostal. He had one, not one negative thing to say about it. He was a professor at Sanford, and he's over to all the ministers at Southside Baptist. And I, I wouldn't be sure that he don't have it, just to tell you the truth. But he had nothing negative to say about the whole thing. Uh, the Baptists have now allowed their missionaries to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't preach it in their churches, but see what happens. They go overseas and go into other areas, and these people are filled with the Spirit, and their eyes become open. I hope I open some eyes today. If you don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you are missing the greatest blessing a Christian could ever receive. I do, I'm not putting salvation down. That's why I use the word Christian. The biggest blessing a sinner can receive is get saved. Give his heart to Jesus Christ. Assemblies of God, we have 70 million members worldwide and we're the world's largest Protestant church. And I remember when they used to make fun of us, call us holy rollers. We need some holy rollers around here. Come on. Where the God humbles us down. Guy named Rutland, he was a superstar of Baptist College in Atlanta, Georgia. What's the name of it, Jonathan? Thank you, buddy. Good to have a good grandson. Emory University. Upcoming. Going to be the greatest. Highest grades. He got to the place in his pastoral work. They began to drink. 
began to do things, and he just actually backslid, and he was so disgusted with himself that he went next door and got his brother's 357 and went down in the woods and put it in his mouth and cocked the hammer back and pulled the trigger, and the gun wouldn't go off. And he said, God, I can't even kill myself. Well, there's so many people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Methodist church that the bishop decided he'd send several preachers down. You know, when I say several, I'm talking about, you know, like a good room full. And they had a Pentecostal there, a man teaching on it. And uh, he told, you know, in, in his book, or what he told me personally, he had no satisfaction about going there at all. And he said, I had a friend whose glasses was about that thick that was there as a preacher and said when he read, he had to get down like that to read and said that Pentecostal preacher, he never did say who he was, he said, brother, come up here. God's going to heal your eyes. And the guy said, Man, this I want to see because he said he's a personal friend of mine and he knew about how blind he really was. So he come up there and he prayed for him and he sent him back to seat. And uh, Brother Rupland said, yeah, look at there. And all of a sudden that guy got to hollering, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. Well, that changed the attitude a little bit. And after he got through speaking, he started calling a few up and he called Brother Rutland up had him laying there and he asked Brother Rutland, do you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And he said, in my mouth or my mind, I was saying no. But he said, in my, with my mouth, I was saying yes. And he asked him a couple of times about it and he, he said, okay, and he laid hands on him. And you know what God did? This number one man, everybody was looking up to, God rode him in the floor, rode him back and forth. He said, I rode all over that floor. And every time I'd come up, I'd ask that preacher, am I speaking in tongues? And that preacher said, if you had nobody hadn't, come on. And he, he said, God really humbled him. Now, he's the president of Oral Roberts University today. But God don't care how educated you are or you can be dumb like me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. For every born-again believer, and I'm hoping today that God will fill some of us with the Spirit. I want to ask you the question that Paul asked, Acts 19, 1 through 7. This is the last recording of someone receiving the baptism that gave actual everything about it. And it said, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passing through the upper coast of Ephesus... And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, see, I had people tell me you get the Holy Ghost when you get saved. You do, but you don't get baptized in it. There is a difference of having the Spirit of God in you and make you born again than the endowment of power that comes later. And they said, We have not so much has heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And one translation says, We have not so much heard whether the Holy Ghost Goes to be given. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. 
And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Now, I read a little subject, a few words there. It always scares everybody off in the baptism when it says talking about speaking in tongues. Tongues is languages. That's all it is. Different languages, not known to the speaker. It's what the Holy Spirit does. On the day of Pentecost, they'd come from everywhere. And God poured out His Spirit on 120. Some people like to claim that it was 12. They'd like to get it down to nothing. But there was 120 there. The Bible plainly tells us and teaches us that. And they all began to speak in other tongues, in other languages, languages that all these people from all over these other countries could understand what they were saying. Of course, you always had the skeptic in the crowd, and you always will. Said, these men are drunk. Peter didn't say they wasn't acting strange, because I'll tell you, when the Holy Spirit gets in you, you act strange sometimes. Come on. Sometimes you just can't help it. You just take off running. Hello? I've seen people shout and jump up and down. I'm going to tell you about a little girl that done it. I've told it here a while back, but I'm going to rehearse it with you. You do some very strange things, and Peter said, oh, they're not drunk as you suppose. Sinners, but the ninth hour of day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Then in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see vision. Upon my servants and upon my handmaids, I will pour out my spirit, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. How long is that going to last? I've had them say it lasts as long as the first church. Uh, that's not really what the Bible teaches. Can you say Amen. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's listen to what Peter says when this thing will end. But Peter, standing up with eleven, lift up his voice, said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, sin is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, not just Jews, all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Wait a minute now, hold, back up here a little bit. Handmaid, I thought handmaidens were women. You know my point coming. A lot of churches don't believe women in, should speak. We're going to have a wonderful service tonight. The women are going to be running it all. Why not? They run all that back there for us, most of them. <laughs> Amen. I'm just, I really, I'm looking forward to it. But he said that he's going to pour it out on his handmaids. I pour it out on, in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. 
And I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor smoke. Now listen, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and noble day to the Lord to come. And it shall come to pass, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now when is, how long is it going to last? Till the moon turns blood. Come on. The things get dark. It's talking about the event when Jesus comes back to the earth to set up the millennial reign. So it hadn't ended. It didn't end with the with 120 or the 12. It's been going on for years and years and years. Sometimes it wasn't as much as it is today. But see, we're enjoying the latter reign of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's an earlier rain and there's a latter rain. And we've enjoyed the latter rain. 500 million that they know of. Come on. That's two years ago. That's a lot of people to be fooled. Come on. Woo. Glory to God. Don't sound like just for the apostles only. Some say I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Acts 8 tells us a little different. Acts 8, 4 through 13. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Let me tell you what's going on in the church. It was all gathered up together and all of them, they was having them a wonderful time in Jerusalem. Man, they were doing it. Man, it was Peter walking down the street in the shadows healing people. And they were having Pentecost in Jerusalem. God meant for us to have Pentecost worldwide. He meant us to have it at Winn-Dixie or whatever store you go to or Walmart or wherever. Hello? That's what his intent is, for you to get it out. Get it out to places where it never has been. Therefore they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word, and Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Now Samaria was not a Jewish place. The Jews hated the Samaritans. Jesus went by there, and you know the story, uh, well, uh, Sychar, how he uh, saved the woman, and she went in and witnessed, and the whole city came out. And they believed on Jesus Christ. One woman, the most immoral woman in the town. Isn't it wonderful that when Jesus gets through with you, you may be the most immoral person in the world. And when he gets through you, you're the, mo- the best moral person in the world. He brought them out. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many uh, taken with palsy and they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man named Simon, always one, which before time, uh, time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out to himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is a great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that a long time he had bewitched them through sorcery. But when they believed Philip's preaching 
and the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, and Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, wondering and beholding the miracles and signs which they did. Eight fourteen and 17. Now, the scene has changed. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, you can't get no plainer of two different experiences and I guarantee you, they didn't get on, get on an airplane and fly from Jerusalem to Samaria. Okay, it took a few days to walk down there. So it's two separate individual experiences in our life. And we, we need to understand that because it's, uh, it's just been fought so long. But I'm telling you, Jesus is here and the Holy Spirit is still here. And the Holy Spirit is ready to baptize anybody who really wants it. Later, Peter had a vision. He went up to sleep. And he went up there. And he lay down. and He saw these four. These, this sheet had four corners to it. And it was let down in front of him. And God said, take it and eat. And he said, not so, Lord. Nothing clean, unclean or common has entered my mouth. Well, the Lord did it three times. He finally got the hand, okay, three times. And then he woke up, and God said, there's some people at the door waiting for you. I want you to go with them. And they did. When he went down there, he found them. And we're getting a little bit further out of things because Samaria was between Galilee and Judea. But now we're going to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. Woo! Man, ain't you glad you're a Gentile? And so when Peter got there, Cornelius said to him, while in prayer, an angel came down. Somebody said, well, he really wasn't saved. Have you ever prayed an angel down? <laughs> That's pretty good praying if you want my opinion. For God to send an angel to you. And he told him, said, he told me to send for you, for you to come. And he said, I'm here. And then they went through the talk. And, of course, most of you really know the story. That while Peter was preaching unto them, Christ, preaching unto them a sermon, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they all began to speak in tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and Peter said can anybody forbid water that we should baptize these who have received the Holy Ghost even as we do because we hear them speak in tongues and magnify God so that's why Every time in the New Testament, it gives an example 
of a sign of somebody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is always speaking in tongues. It's even over in Isaiah. For other lips, stammering lips and other tongues, will I speak unto this people? For all that, they won't hear it. One guy said, well, that's in the Old Testament. Well, turn over to 1 Corinthians, about 14th chapter, and you can get to read it again. Paul refers back to it. What I'm telling you, this baptism of the Holy Spirit is real. It's for you today. God is so good. Babe Bonner, come up here. Barry's daddy is a Baptist preacher, and he's a real good man, I'm going to tell you. See if you can find your mic. He's dedicated. He's raised in the Baptist church. I don't know whether it's fortunately or unfortunately, but he, he, he married Jessica. <laughs> I wouldn't say that if she's in it. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord filled him with the Holy Spirit. Tell it. All right. Well, um, <laughs> um, well, as you were talking earlier about getting saved is really the first step. Because without being saved by blood of Christ, you're not going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> I'll start there. I don't want to keep you all along. Um, like you said, I was raised in a Baptist household. My dad's a Baptist pastor. <clears throat> um, after I graduated high school, just kind of had was done with it and uh, did my own thing for a little while and then realized after a lot of just living for the world that I needed <laughs> to be saved. So... Um, when I finally made a decision that I was actually going to follow Christ, um, you know, I left a lot of my old f friends and I was playing in a band and just kind of just left it all. And at that time was when I started meeting Jess. I met Jessica <clears throat> and we started dating. And uh, I went, um, got in my head that I was going to go to Tennessee Temple. The administration there was a, a friend of my dad's that he had worked with um, at the school that I went to high school with. <clears throat> it was a private Christian school. And so I wanted to go up there and got a music, uh, a music scholarship. Um, and uh, I was going up there on the weeks and then coming back to Evangel to see Jessica and I was coming to church here on Sundays and I'd have to leave. <laughs> I'd have to leave after service. I'm sorry. It's just, <clears throat> it's such a blessing. Sometimes after a long kind of uh, weariness of coming to church, but it is a special place that we have here. <clears throat> I remember longing just to come back to Evangel. Anyways, um, <clears throat> Brother Butch, uh, Butch Summers, um, some of y'all know him, some of y'all don't. He was associate pastor while I was doing that. And he had preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'd come down, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just felt, you know, if they had it in the, in the New Testament, 
I figured it was something that I wanted, but I talked in conversations with Jessica. I said, you know, I don't really know about all that stuff. It's uh, the, my only experience with Pentecostal people. They were nuts, <laughs> certifiably, not like good nuts, like you know, but like really nuts. They were, <laughs> they were, I don't know, they were just crazy, <clears throat> really isolated and stuff. So it was just like, nah, whatever. But, uh, you know, I'd, she's like, well, why don't you just read about it? So I started reading Acts, <clears throat> you know, and just kind of researched. I'm the kind of guy who, if I want to get involved with something, I kind of have to know what I'm getting involved in. So that's with everything. I'm going to read. I'm going to Google. I'm going to just think about it a lot before I ever become, like, ex accept what's, you know, if it's truth or not. <clears throat> But anyway, I'd, I'd gone to services, and, you know, like, I want to, you know, I was ready. I, I was like, I want, I want this. And uh, finally, I was like, whatever. Uh, it didn't really happen in any services. And <clears throat> it doesn't, so from, from that learning experience, it doesn't happen from a pastor putting his hands on you. That's, if you think that's what's going to happen, it's not. It's in his timing. It's always in his timing. That's what we have to learn. Um, so... It was Wednesday, so I was up in Chattanooga at the school, and I uh, um, was, uh, I skipped church. I know that sounds wrong, but I was like, I want to go pray in my room. I just wanted, that's what I wanted to do, so that's what I did. I put on Hillsong <clears throat> and just laid down in the floor and started praying. And while I was praying, I started praying for my sister. She's not and for the Lord still, but, and I started praying for uh, one of my bandmates, his name's Stephen, and at that point in time, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I remember thinking, as I was praying in another language, that this is a weapon that it can reach a city in England where my sister lives. It can reach uh, Tuscaloosa, where my friend was living. And that's the power. Unfortunately, I don't utilize that treasure. We don't utilize it for what it should be used. We get distracted. I also learned that it may not happen for all to see. And I really think that my biggest lesson was sometimes I've got to lock myself in a room and just call out to him and let him speak through me his will. Because as I've learned and I've heard my entire life, nothing happens except through prayer. We have the word to guide us, but prayer, there's something about it that uh, I think sometimes it guides us even more than we realize. If we just allow the Holy Spirit and the, and the work of what Christ did, <clears throat> if we allow it to, to move through our hearts and then through our mouths, it opens up and 
allows us to see the will of God. Um, but anyway, that's how I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost was in a fundamental Baptist dorm room. So wrap your mind around that. <laughs> Amen. Doesn't matter where you're at, just as long as you get your heart where God wants it. You know, uh, it's getting a little late, but uh, I've seen God do so many things. I sought the baptism for over a month. When I say I sought it, I've done things I thought I'd do to receive it fast. You know, just everything that would come in my mind, I'd go do it. And I'd go down to the altar and I'd never be to receive it. And I'd made up my mind that I, I just wasn't going to try anymore. That's the best decision I ever made. Because, see, if you, do, if you receive something because you think you earned it, it has no, no place in your life. And so we had a singing one night, and there's two ladies. You've heard me tell this before. They couldn't sing, and they couldn't play the guitars. And I, I played the cart back then, the, the guitar back then. I'm sitting there thinking, if they just let me, just let me tune their guitar, it'd be better. But it ain't all about a tune guitar. It's about a tune person. And they gave an altar call, all on the baptism, and Ed Wilson's wife, Edna, uh, went down, young teenage girl at the time. And so I thought, I'm going to go down and pray for her. And so I went down and started praying for her. Got my mind off of Jerry Lankford. Amen? Got my mind off of me. I entered into praising God and giving God praise, and I had my hands up praising the Lord. And one of those old ladies who can't sing said one of the sweetest things to me. She says, son, why don't you let the Holy Ghost praise God for you? And I'm telling you, instantly God baptized me in the Holy Ghost. And I was in that altar, and I thought I was in the altar 20 minutes, and I went, we went down about 8 o'clock to the altar. And when I come back to myself, and I prayed in the Spirit the whole time, when I come back to myself and looked around, everybody was gone. And I thought, how dare them walk off after I received, <laughs> you know, 19 years old. And uh, Pastor, his family, and my mother and my wife was all that was there. And I asked the pastor, where did everybody go? And he said, Brother Jerry, it's 15 minutes past midnight. And I thought I had been down there to max 20 minutes. I'm telling you, he'll take you into another world. It'll take you into another time. It's so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. A girl named Linda Young, I've told y'all this, I think I mentioned it to a couple of weeks ago. Linda Young, she received the Holy Spirit one night at Adamsville, I mean, excuse me, uh, I can't think, forget it, at church anyway. <laughs> Where was it, J.D.? <laughs> oh, you get old, you need two brains. Uh, but Gary Wood Assembly in the old church, and uh, she'd come up and to receive the Holy Spirit, and God baptized her. And I'm going I'm to cut it way down because I don't want to exaggerate. 
But that little girl, about eight years old, danced in the spirit of God over three hours without stopping. Now, go home and see how long you can do it without the spirit of God. I had a friend, Bill Lindsay, Baptist preacher. Me and him ran revivals together. He asked me one day, he said, where do y'all get this speaking in tongue, this baptism of the Holy Ghost? He said, I got the Holy Ghost and I got saved. Well, I gave him the scriptures and never said anything to him. I didn't push him. Wonderful man, wonderful Christian. He called me one day, one Sunday morning. He woke up hearing angels talk, just the way he put it. Hearing those angels talk. And we talked about it a few minutes, and I said, well, Bill, just, he says, right on in my tongue. I said, well, just obey God. And I hung up the phone. I said, Lord, thank God you're going to baptize him in the Holy Spirit today. And the Lord said, no, I'm not. So a couple of weeks later, he met and run into one of his Baptist friends. And they had been having joint services with Pentecostal churches. And he told Bill, says, you know, I'm getting enlightened on this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Bill said, well, you know, I am too. And Bill drove a gasoline truck. And he let out that meeting with him was about seven. Bill got in about five that afternoon. And all that day, from the time he got in that truck, he heard the angels speaking. He got home. His wife had fixed him supper. He didn't want anything to eat. Finally got a hold of me, and I got over there, and he was crying like a baby. And he kept saying, it's right here. It's right here. And I said, well, Bill, Let's go in your living room and pray. So we went in there, and I was knelt down beside him. I heard him say, Lord, I always said I had the Holy Ghost, but I don't. But I want it. When he said that, he fell backwards. I mean, you could have kicked him around the room, and he never would have known it. About 20 minutes later, he come back speaking in tongues. There's a woman that happened, I'll say it like that, happened to come by his house, who always said, if Bill Lindsay speaks in tongues, I'll believe it. And she just happened to come by that day. But you know what people say they don't always mean? Because a couple of weeks later, we was down at uh, Brother Roper's church. I could tell you some things about him too, but nevertheless, we're gonna, I'm going to let this end it. We was down there and standing outside in the parking lot. And she said, uh, I, I'd like to have a Holy Ghost, but I don't want them tongues. And Bill Lindsay started running. He run around about two or three cars, and every time he'd come by her, he'd say, if you don't want it, I'll take yours. If you don't want it, I'll take yours. If you don't want it, I'll take yours. <laughs> Amen. Well, see, God got one for you. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen because somebody lays their hands on it. It's going to happen because you want to be filled with the Spirit of God. Andrew's mother, grandmother, uh, she, she is an unusual case because she came down to get saved. Never been in church in her life, from my understanding. Her mom and daddy was alcoholics. She married my cousin, and she come down to the altar to get saved. And, you know, we gather around people and pray for the Lord to save them. We'd been praying three or four minutes. I don't know what all she was saying. 
But all of a sudden, she raised them hands and started speaking in tongues. And I promise you, nobody spoke in tongues in that church that day. I did not hear one person. It's just like for Peter and James and John and the rest of them. And that lady's had a hard life. And I think one reason she made it because God's filled her with the Holy Spirit. Stand with me, if you will. If you don't have the baptism, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Because my mother got the baptism of the Holy Spirit way after I did. And she was coming to Pentecostal church when she's about 22. So, But God does have a time and a place for every one of us. And he has a refilling where he can refill you. It's not about speaking in tongues. It's an endowment of power for service. Speaking in tongues has its place, but it really has a limitation in public. But we also, in our prayer life, we know not what we should pray as we ought, Paul said, but the Spirit of God within us will pray in a language that we don't know that God hears and God understands. Let me tell you something. God may not answer every prayer like I want Him to, but when the Holy Spirit prays through us, it's the perfect will of God, and it shall come to pass, whatever that need is. If you don't have the baptism, and if you want to refill Him, why don't we just all come stand up here and pray? Ain't nobody going to grab you and start speaking in your ears and telling you what to do. It's just like you up here by yourself. And ask God to fill you. And if you've been filled, ask Him to refill you. God wants to do that for us today. I, I studied Friday four hours on a sermon, and God got down here. I mean, yeah, Friday. Had it down pat, I thought. God said no. So I got another one yesterday. I got up this morning. That wasn't it. So right before church, the Lord told me he wanted me to speak on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you, there's a filling and there's a refilling. 